0: Welcome to the Russian Rulers Podcast, Episode 32, The Great Embassy, Part 1. Last week, we told the story of Tsar Peter's two assaults on the Tatar stronghold, the fortress of Azov. The first was a disastrous failure, but the second one was a magnificent success. With it, Peter becomes convinced that he needs to go west, not as Tsar, but as a common man to learn all things Western. He undertakes a grand voyage, one known to history as the Great Embassy. Peter's trip west coincided with his sending about 50 Russian men to study shipbuilding and navigation to Holland, Italy, and England. When they returned, the men were often met by the Tsar himself to find out what they had learned. There have been many scholars who have debated about the motives behind Peter's decision to take this trip. Mind you, no Russian ruler had ever gone to another country unless they were at the head of an army. Voltaire had theorized that the Tsar just wanted to see what life was like as a commoner, but that's very unlikely as he already had those experiences when he went to the German Quarter. Some thought he did it to get away from Moscow which in my opinion is also unlikely as he had his retreat in Pryobrazinskoy. The real reasons for the trip included solidifying his alliances against the Turks, which had suffered a mighty blow when Polish King Jan Sobieski died in 1696. The French King Louis XIV, who was a strange ally of the Turks, sought to put one of his own puppets on the throne of Poland, which Peter, could not tolerate. Another reason was to stimulate trade with Europe, but the main reason I believe Peter's insatiable need to learn was what made him go, and he wanted to learn more about the West so he could change his country from the backward oriental nation to a European power. Now why was Peter so enamored of Europe? You would just need to understand the differences between the Russian world and that of the West. Musicians such as Vivaldi, Haydn, and Bach were beginning to make their works known. Artists like Rembrandt, Rubens, and Van Dyck had enriched the world with their works. The telescope by Galileo had been invented, as had the microscope by van Leeuwenhoek. The Renaissance had turned the Middle Ages into an enlightened time. Russia, Well, she was a backward giant with little to show for it except suffering and hardships. It's no wonder that getting full down drunk every day was such a popular Russian pastime. The church, for its part, wanted to keep it that way, for it viewed the Western arts and sciences as works of the devil and a threat to the orthodox way of life. At first, Peter made sure that his trip was to be kept a secret from the Russians to avoid rebellion, especially by the Streltsy. He now began to gather his chosen men to accompany him. Heading up the embassy was Francis Lafort, Fyodor Golovin, and Prokofy Vozhnitsyn. Also coming along were two good friends, Andrei Matveyev, Alexander Menshikov, someone we will hear much about throughout Peter's life and beyond. The whole group numbered 250, which of course included priests, cooks, soldiers, and even had the obviously essential dwarves and trumpeters. The Tsar left the country in the hands of a few trusted men, including his uncle Lev Narishkin, Boris Golitsyn, Peter Prozorovsky, and Fyodor Romodanovsky, who was given the most overreaching power in Peter's absence. But just before he left, a plot against the Tsar was uncovered with Streltsy commander Ivan Seikler and two boyars being involved with two others. All of them were executed in a brutal manner. Then, on March 20th, 1697, the embassy headed out of Moscow towards Novgorod and Peskov, with their goal being the Livonian capital of Riga. Peter's arrival in Riga was a bit of a surprise to the governor, who asked that the Tsar please wait before entering so a proper greeting could be given. When he finally came into the fortified city, the Swedish overlords were concerned. As Peter began to study the fortifications of a city, his grandfather Alexei had tried to take over 40 years before. One incident, when Peter was taking notes, nearly caused the Tsar his life when a Swedish sentry pointed a rifle at the Tsar after ordering him to stop taking notes near one of the walls of the fortress. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. The short time in Riga was obviously not a pleasant one, a time Peter would remember when he returned with his army 13 years later. From here the retinue headed to the Polish Duchy of Courland and then on to Konigsberg to meet with Frederick III, where Peter spent seven weeks, delayed because of the question of who the next Polish ruler would be following Sobieski's death. The French, led by the so-called Sun King, Louis XIV, were working behind the scenes feverishly to install one of their men on the throne, which would have put an enemy on Russia's borders, given France's alliance with the Turks. Peter would have to return to Russia then and gather his armies if this were to happen. Luckily, Augustus of Saxony was elected king of Poland instead. From there, they all headed to Berlin and then on to Hanover. On the way, Peter met with Sophia of Hanover, the granddaughter of King James I of England. They hit it off right away, with Sophia having this to say about Peter. The Tsar is very tall, his features are fine, and his figure very noble. He has great vivacity of mind, and a ready and just repartee. But with all the advantages with which nature has endowed him, it could be wished that his manners were a little less rustic. We immediately sat down at a table. Herr Koppenstein, who did the duty as marshal, presented the napkin to his majesty, who was greatly embarrassed, for at Brandenburg, instead of a table napkin, they had given him a ewer and basin to clean his hands after the meal. He was very gay, very talkative, and we established a great friendship for each other, and he exchanged sniff-boxes with my daughter. We stayed, in truth, a very long time at table, but we would gladly have remained there longer, without feeling a moment of boredom, for the Tsar was in very good humor, and never ceased talking to us. From here, the great embassy went to the rich country of Holland. The Dutch were an economic juggernaut when Peter visited them, due to their remarkable seafaring trade. They were, by all accounts, the most cosmopolitan people in the world. Their main trade company was the Dutch East India Company, which was extraordinarily wealthy. Because of Peter's knowledge of the Dutch, through his talks with them in the German quarters outside Moscow, he was excited to arrive in the town of Zandam, where he saw an old friend, Gerrit Kist, who he immediately made swear secrecy. He was here to learn shipbuilding as Peter Mikhailovich, not Tsar Peter. While walking the streets of the town, people began to stare at Peter because of the extraordinary height and strange clothes. He wanted anonymity, but that was not going to be easy, as word began to circulate that he was the Tsar of Russia people began to pour into the town of Zandam to get a glimpse of Peter. This enraged him and made him demand that the burgomeister stop people from coming and disturbing him. It was explained to him that this was just plain impossible. If he wanted anonymity, he needed to leave Zandam and head to a city that could protect him and isolate him from the general public. That city was the richest in the world at the time. Amsterdam. Peter was able to work as a carpenter building ships in a protected area away from the general public. He stayed in modest housing, not wanting to be different from the men he worked side by side with. This must have been a very happy time for the Tsar, but he knew that he had to meet with the ruler of Holland, one William of Orange, who was also to be the King of England, one half of the famous duo of William and Mary William of Orange could have an entire podcast made about his life and his battles with Louis the 14th but I'll leave that for others it should be noted that he was a hero in Holland as he has staved off he had staved off the far larger and vastly superior army of the french stopping them just miles from amsterdam william was protestant and louis was catholic But even other Catholics were wary of the Sun King's growing influence and aided the Dutch whenever possible. The differences between Peter and William were obvious. Peter was a giant of a man, and William was a small man, slight of build. But one thing can be said of both of them. They were giants of the world. They were powerful and brilliant men who led their people by example, and they respected each other immensely. The only problem was, when Peter asked for aid to battle the Turks, William had to decline, as he could ill afford to siphon any resources away from his fight with the French. Even though there was a treaty in place between the two nations, no one expected Louis to honor it if he saw weakness in Holland. Peter was notably disappointed, but he understood, and made the best of his time in Holland learning a great deal about shipbuilding and navigation. Still, he needed allies and needed to learn everything he could before he returned to Moscow. Next week, we follow the Tsar to his next destination, the other great maritime power, England. Now, for this week in Russian history for the week of December 19th through the 25th. In 1906, Leonid Brezhnev, the leader of the Soviet Union is born. In 1917, the Cheka, the first Soviet secret police, is founded. In 1979, we have the Soviet war in Afghanistan, and this was the week when the Soviet forces occupied Kabul, the Afghan capital. In 1986, Mikhail Gorbachev, leader of the Soviet Union, released Andrei Sakharov and his wife from internal exile in Gorky. But just five years later, the same Mikhail Gorbachev resigned as president of the Soviet Union, with the Soviet Union dissolving the next day. Ukraine's referendum is finalized, and the Ukraine also officially leaves the Soviet Union. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd like to wish all of my loyal listeners a very happy holiday season. I will be taking a week off of recording, but we will be back in January, so don't fret. Also, please don't forget to visit the iTunes App Store and download the Russian Rulers app. Maybe give it as a last-minute Christmas gift. And please visit the websites at russianrulers.podhoster.com. Become a Facebook friend at Russian Rulers History Podcast. So don't forget... Ask a question, make a suggestion, please leave a comment as and as always, dasvidania ispaba bolshoya.